0: what's up everyone and welcome to shut up keep going i'm sydney goodman
1: i'm kate franklin
0: and this is the show where we explore our internet curiosities so i'll kick i'll kick this off for us kick it off. i'm also very phlegmy i don't know that the listeners i don't know that you guys wanted to know that but okay the word phlegm too is just how is it, how spell is it like, spelled it's like p-h-l-e-g-m that makes it worse doesn't make it worse. L E G M. That there's so many silent Ew. consonants in it's that. It's spelled how it sounds. Spelled how it sounds. Who spells words? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like is that somebody's job? Are there like four people in the world that come up with the spellings of words?
1: I'm literally looking this up.
0: Or like <laughs> who approves the spellings of words before it goes in the dictionary?
1: I have no idea. That's crazy. Have I never thought about that?
0: Like where do words come from? Well I don't know. That can be for another episode. Um I'll kick things off. We're talking about I guess linguistics, um but I'm talking about neuroscience. Oh. So I became very interested in the science of irony. Interesting. Um, or sarc and or sarcasm so mm-hmm. everything that i was reading about it was under the guise of irony but to my understanding after reading like falling down a little bit of a click hole um it seems like your brain processes irony and sarcasm in very similar ways um so just i guess keep that in mind but um because when it, it's i when we're talking irony i guess that is sarc- sarcasm yeah
1: i was just wondering yeah. like what is the difference no if it's the I same really think thing
0: It's really the same thing because an example that I use um, or that I read about it is something like someone walking out and saying, ah, nice weather, when they really mean the weather is not nice, which is sarcasm. But it's also them being ironic. I see. Um, But anyways, so irony, basically, it's the gap between literal and intended meaning. And science says that a statement like nice weather um, takes longer for your brain to process than something more direct, like if you just said the weather today is bad or lousy weather. And basically the way that your brain processes something like a sarcastic comment of the weather, like nice weather is that it registers the literal meaning first. So, Oh, the weather is nice. Then the actual situation, which is, well, but the weather is not nice. Then it computes a disconnect and infers the ironic intent. So basically Irony takes like a lot of brain power mm. um, because it is so kind of atypical of how your brain is like meant to think about things. But so there was actually an experiment led by a psychologist named Ruth Phillick of the University of Nottingham who tested participants with electrodes strapped to their heads um, where they listened to a recording of ironic scenes. And um, some of the ironic scenes were a mother finds her son playing computer games instead of studying and says, working hard. And there were other scenes that had ironic punchlines that were less familiar, like somebody entering a house with a minimalistic decor and saying, how homey.
1: <laughs> kind of cute, right? Do people say the word homey still? Like in what way?
0: How homey. Do you think my homie, my home is homey?
1: Your home is homey. I don't think it's... I don't know. I think we're like obsessed with comfortability now.
0: Agreed. Yeah. That just
1: like most things are comfortable. I say
0: that as I'm staring at this giant couch that we bought literally because it's very comfortable. It looks like a giant pillow. It literally it is a giant pillow. It's multiple giant pillows that we just keep in our living room. Yeah. I don't know. I think a cousin to the word homely homie is the word homely Which is not so good. Which is not so good. But I like really like the idea of calling somebody homely. I've actually definitely called people homely before. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. But I think it just like it's such a good dig. I think great digs are when they're like a little bit more abstract or abnormal. Yeah. And it kind of makes the person think for a second. So not only are you calling them kind of ugly or just like mundane looking, But they also maybe think they're a little stupid because they don't totally realize what you're saying immediately, which is funny to me.
1: I... Well, how I interpret homely is like, it's abstract, but it is purely the essence of someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you describe someone as homely, I know exactly what they look like. Wait, what do they look like? It's like, if... Because I have a specific thing If this was 200 years ago, they would be in the Donner party.
0: Okay, so I guess that's similar. I was thinking of somebody who... Is wearing. I'm thinking of a witch, I guess. (laughs) For some reason, I'm thinking of somebody with a pointy hat who like looks like a stereotypical witch. I don't know why.
1: Why I guess that's not homely. That's witchy. That's
0: witchy. Well, I don't know.
1: The Donner Party. Maybe there's.
0: Dude, when I learned about the Donner Party, I think I was in fourth grade, and that you never unlearn that. I know it's like kind of the butt of some jokes. Um, But it actually is completely wild and really sad that people had to live through that. And that those that's a like I don't even think my brain can wrap around the fact that that is a very real thing that happened.
1: I feel like that's one of the first things you hear about when you're a child that is like an atrocity. Do you know what I mean? Like one of the first like traumatic things you learn about that humans are capable of. I don't know. I just remember like it struck me so severely when I was a little kid and fun fact one time I was camping in Donner Pass in mm-hmm. the Sierras and we got a little lost on the trail and we came across two rusty graves it's not so scary I don't like that I hated it and then we realized we like found our way back and we realized that our camp was really close to it and I did not sleep all night I was like I that's creepy. I, I don't hate, like that. That's like creepy.
0: That. I don't like that one bitch
1: I did not like it.
0: That reminds me of oh, I can't remember what it's called now. But in high school, I don't know if you ever because we were really tight in high school. But yeah. I feel like our high school was very weird in that. I mean, it was great, but it was very weird in that. I feel like there weren't very established cliques. Like just because we were really tight, yeah, didn't mean that like like I had a lot of friends that you weren't friends with. And you had a lot of friends that I wasn't necessarily yeah. friends with. Yeah. And so a group of my friends, we were on Halloween going, do you remember that Canyon? I can't remember what it was called. It was called Silverado Canyon. No, 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 no. It was called like Black Star Canyon. Oh, Black,
1: Black Star Canyon. Was it Black
0: Star Canyon? Was yeah. That it, was it was like called? the haunted Canyon. Yeah. And I don't remember why people, I think there were, had been some murders back there or something. Or so they
1: claimed the w- It has a Wikipedia page. Oh, so it is real.
0: <laughs> no it's not oh i did real i didn't it's-
1: mean that ironically <laughs> hey oh my brain took a second
0: to process that um but yeah we decided to go to black star canyon i remember it was these two guys that i was really tight with um and we wanted to go on halloween for some stupid reason and Spooky. i'm like such a scaredy cat that like i did not want to yeah but i remember i was friends with a lot of kids that were a year younger than us and mm-hmm. so like I could drive and they couldn't oh. and so it was like I kind of got roped into it because it was like oh Sid can drive us and I was like oh man I don't want to drive you back there so we drove and I remember we got like maybe a mile in and then we heard something and just like sprinted out yeah, no. I didn't did not last very long at all um but anyways irony well huh. um so ironic meanings for things like that's just great. Or yeah, right. Actually becomes stored in our mental dictionary um, because it becomes such a familiar phrase. So even though those words carry their own actual literal meaning, like in the English language, um, those phrases used ironically also becomes its own meaning. And so your brain kind of takes shortcuts when it's I see, um, I see. processing that. And uh, the study also showed that participants with higher social skills discerned irony better than people who didn't, which makes sense because Mm -hmm. you can kind of pick up on intonations and how people are saying it differently. Um, But this is kind of why I didn't find answers to these questions, but these questions are really why I was so interested in like how your brain processes irony and like what is irony and how does that make sense to us? Um, Because why or how do we end up liking something genuinely when we initially started liking it ironically? True, yeah. And that was what I was trying to find an answer to. And to be honest, I couldn't... Re- I didn't really find anything about it. Um, Can I offer a theory? Or- but I would... That's why I wanted to talk about it because okay. I would love to hear what you think.
1: I think that we love fami- like being familiar with something. So I think when we treat something ironically it's because it's like like I I feel like things that are ironic to us become we repeat them like we were like okay let me use a specific example a specific example I use lol all the time and I use it and I of course like of course I started using it ironically right and wait me too (laughs) but now I use it all the time all the time and like i don't know like i'm curious when someone texts me and i say lol if they understand that it's ironic or if they're like laugh out loud <laughs> but i i just think that that's my theory about it it's like it's i don't Wait, know Wait, what's your theory you didn't give me a theory you gave me an example the theory is that when you do something ironically you you get like a first pass at it. You become comfortable with it. And then the more times it gets repeated to you, you're like, you get settled with it and enjoy it. But I guess that's very specific to like phrases. No,
0: so that's actually really similar to what okay. my hypothesis was after reading kind of about sure. this experiment and specifically reading about how like your brain stores... Ironic meaning for common phrases, like that's just great or yeah, right. And so your brain's like, okay, this is what this actually means. There is now a dictionary definition in your brain for those phrases, even though they are not literal, they are ironic. Um, And I think that that I'd imagine it's probably very similar when you're ironically liking something that if you ironically like something enough times, then your brain kind of skips the irony part and is just like, oh, I like this thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about, like, we grew up in the mid-2000s, like the emergence of hipster culture. I was
0: just hip... What happened to hipsters? They're still there. Are they? They've been, like... What have they evolved to?
1: Like, basic people.
0: (laughs) But I don't know. I don't think that a hipster would also... Be, so when I think of basic, I think of like pumpkin spice lattes
1: and yeah, but that like was a like, certain home decor. We grew up in Orange County. There was one cafe growing up that was like had latte art, right?
0: Wait, which cafe? The one in Verbalinda?
1: No, um what was it called keen keen oh, keen keen
0: dude keen we drove so far to we get would go to keen. so far because and, we were like the stupid thing was we would drive all the way to the one in newport and there was for, one and in Tustin. there was one intestine yeah but well, the one intestine wasn't as good
1: it's true it
0: didn't it was keen is so good i'm i Should i'm go back up on keen <laughs> oh my gosh keen is so good if you live in the orange county area please go to are keen. they still open
1: i hope so. they, they have to are. be they have well, to be So what I'm thinking is that was like hipster culture, right? Like latte art, like whatever. And then now that is like mainstream culture. Does that relate to irony? I don't know if it does.
0: I don't know if it does, but I, I know why we're talking about hipsters and it's because I feel like a big hallmark of hipsters was it was like... They're doing everything ironically. Like, you're wearing... You're... Sorry. You're wearing... Oh, actually, sorry. I just kicked your stuff all around. She moved it so far from my foot. Uh, well, probably because it's your water bottle and my toes were, like, I don't were, really like, want your toe it. juice
1: on it. I
0: <laughs> have toe juice? Oh, my gosh. <gasps> Wait, that reminds me. My brother had a friend and he straight up had toe juice. Like, when he would walk... Was he the
1: one that had the toe as this thumb? No, no, no. Okay. This is a different
0: guy. Um, when he would walk, I feel like his feet would excrete. Like, How would you liquid. know that? Would you stare at his feet? No. Well, okay. I did at one point because my
1: brother told me. Oh. Your I'm brother afraid. has like toe issues. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually have toe issues. So one of my... <laughs> my like third and fourth toe in both of my feet, my my toes are so long. You have
1: they really long toes.
0: I have freakishly long toes. So like my third and fourth are toe, fingers. if they were able to be like actually laid down so the issue with them is they are stuck bent and if they were able to go flat they would be just as long as my second toe which is much longer than my big toe which my second toe is just as long as my pinky
1: doesn't that mean you are royalty or something is not a thing i don't know nobody's given me a crown yet
0: but anyways yeah so hipsters they ironically like things right they wear dad t-shirts and they have like shitty
1: mustaches and they love like the 70s yeah
0: but i just but they do it all ironically i guess but it's like they do actually end but do they start liking it or do they just end up liking it because of the phenomena that we are talking about right now because i am gonna expose ourselves a little bit i think we were kind of hipsters
1: oh no i am very open about the fact that i was a hipster like i was an annoyingly hipster in high school and proud of it.
0: I was I was but, a closet hipster. I feel like I was I was definitely a hipster and I wasn't ashamed of it, but I don't know
1: that it you weren't as loud about it. Yes. Should we say that? I feel like I was a little bit more for some reason. Why? Why was I? I the only thing that I can think of that
0: is the differentiating fact differentiating factor is what clothes we wore to school. True. Yeah. Is that like I never really I I did have some outfits that dress the part of hipster, but I feel like even now my closet identity is so all over the map that it was like any given day, maybe every two weeks, I would wear like a hipster outfit. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't on purpose, but I feel like that
1: confused people, like it got them off the scent. Yeah, that's probably smart though. Here's the thing though. I am unashamed that I was a hipster because listen – what is being a hipster? What was being a hipster in high school? It was like being interested in like things. I don't know. Wow. It was like, it was right. Like it was like, oh, I like, seek- that was. I was being ironic when I said, wow. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Like it was like, I like try to find like interesting books or like, I don't know. And it no. sounds pretentious, but it's like, That's better than like what the rest of our kids in high school were doing. Do you know what I mean? I see what you're
0: saying. I do think that hipster when we were in high school was kind of like that counterculture. Yeah. Like that's what it was. It was 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 counterculture. Because I remember like we would sit there and yak about yak. We'd yak about like Kerouac and we're really into like beatniks and stuff. And like it just didn't really make very much sense why we were so into that but I think that it was that counterculture was very attractive because I don't think that either of us fully identified with kind of the mainstream identity that was there at our high school
1: yeah and we wanted to carve out a counterculture yeah Yeah. but I don't know what that anybody else carved it with us but we were sure there I mean (laughs) but I think this I think what I'm talking about with that now hipster is basic is because people saw that as like a way to capitalize on things
0: because you could charge
1: more if something seemed hipster. Do you know what I mean?
0: Because all of a sudden things that were like quote unquote lame or not cool and people are liking it. Ironically, it suddenly has a renewed relevance that is worth more.
1: Yeah. Quote unquote. But yeah, I guess I still don't, I still can't answer your question of where does the irony end and the, like actual where is that line yeah I
0: will say I mean as a former hipster as a current as a hipster, recovering as as a recovering hipster, <laughs> hipster uh, there were plenty of things that I liked ironically that I ended up really liking yeah same like flannels I think is a great start that's like flannels and crewnecks to this day I have like a very large collection of crewnecks I love vintage crewnecks yeah and I think that that came from because like hipster stuff was it was like you wore crew necks when everybody else was wearing hooded sweatshirts and it's like you did it ironically but now it's like I I love them
1: I mean look at me and my like western thing oh my gosh you really like where did that come you really like western things yeah I have a cowboy boot tattooed on my arm yeah where did that (laughs) which is ironic is it not I think it's ironic I really like it it's I mean I like it um it came from it came from hipsterdom (laughs) hipsterdom but it also came from maybe this can shine some light on it so I grew up in my I grew up with horses as you know not mm-hmm. they whoever's listening doesn't know that
0: I mean unless it's your mom I feel she like she might would listen. know. she would know she
1: knows Ellen horses.
0: Ellen loves me
1: I Ellen does love you I love Ellen Ellen if you're listening I miss you um so I grew up riding horses I wouldn't like love it because it was forced upon me which sounds so privileged but I mean, it's like that's what happened. It wasn't what you naturally want gravitated towards. But, and then my also my grandfather, who I didn't even know, but I just knew of his like legacy. He like loved like Western movies. Mm -hmm. And my cousin, who was an artist, made a bust of him as a cowboy. And it's in my uncle's house. And I would just see it all the time. And that's like my image of him because I never met him. Yeah. So. And then my dad likes Western. I don't know. It just like became like a way of getting in touch with my family in That's a weird cool. way. That's really But cool. I also like kind of do like it ironically, I think. Like, I don't know. It's just funny and hokey and whatever. See, but,
0: I wish that I liked Westerns.
1: But I also like, I mean, I think like Westerns are fucked up, obviously. There's like a fucked up legacy with it. But I think they're, it's an interesting way to like look at our culture too. I could talk about this forever but
0: yeah I see I think that this is getting down like an another interesting path which is like can you convince yourself to like something because like westerns is something that I see as being such an essential part of cinema and just an important part of cinema and has like shaped a lot of the directors that are now like huge mainstream directors and I in a lot of like hallmark films that not literally films from hallmark but like you know like these big films yeah. that are near perfect or very interesting or whatever it is and i just want to go back and watch the source material and, and whenever i do i either fall asleep or i just like do a big non-dog and just like bounce i am so wildly uninterested in western are you talking
1: about like old westerns any type of old westerns even contemporary ones set have in you western- never I- seen the assassination of jesse james no with Brad Pitt and I tried you would and I stopped really I feel like
0: you would love that
1: movie I'm open to
0: I'm open to revisiting
1: the reason here's why I think you can learn to like something is like what does it represent in like a larger context which sounds really pretentious but I do think like if you see that then you watch something and you're like oh that's I can see how that applies to other things does that make, that's why like I like westerns because it's like they embody like the Amer- like what we see is like the American story in quotation marks I'm saying that because it's not true but you can see how like our culture sees how stories are told like it's like a lone man going through the landscape and like I don't know it's like that's how we've imagined our history but it's like not true but I think that's but that's
0: exactly why I want to like Western I see but when I'm watching it I'm just like there's other things I could be watching right now or other things I could be doing I just like am not inherently and isn't that so fascinating though that I feel like when you just inherently don't like something like why do I not like it I could not
1: tell you that was like on our first episode me and sci-fi movies and or the medieval times
0: medieval times man what a weird place (laughs)
1: um yeah I I mean the like the actual actual I just don't want to look at it I don't want to think about that time period it freaks me out I don't know I don't like it I don't like to watch movies about it
0: no I definitely have certain things that I just care less about yeah but I wonder what shapes that like why and can you learn to care more about it if you really like can I will myself to become a huge western fan
1: I think you can I believe in you but is it just
0: like faking until you making (laughs) what Probably. And then your brain is just like, okay, this is what I like now. This is fine. Have you ever done that? Have you ever forced yourself to like something?
1: I'm sure I have. Actually, I
0: have done that with tea. Really? Yeah. I don't drink coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, I think a combination of, well, it was a lot of me being pretentious. (laughs) That's, I feel that's a theme in this podcast is like just being pretentious oops. but
1: being like sorry (laughs) oops
0: um but when I was in like seventh or eighth grade because my mom didn't my parents didn't really want me to drink coffee which makes sense as a kid you don't want your kids to drink coffee because they have enough energy without it Mm -hmm. and then in like seventh and eighth grade I feel like that's when people started drinking coffee and my mom was like hesitant but I remember for some reason I saw somebody drinking black coffee and I was like I'm not drinking coffee unless I can take it black. Otherwise I don't deserve to drink coffee. Like wow, that's, not a thing. that's pretty badass. And I could never actually take it black. And so I just never drink coffee. How do you function? I don't drink coffee. And so I had um, one of my aunts who have you, you've definitely met her. Uh, my dad's half sister. She's really, really into tea. Like so much so that she minored in Japanese traditional Japanese tea ceremonies like she's really into tea and so whenever we would hang out she would always have like the coolest tea and she just like was really she just always offered me tea and I thought it tasted like dirt and was like I hate this but like she thinks it's really cool so I should think it's cool because she you know her and her sister are almost like the closest things that I have to sisters because they're my dad's half sisters but they're much younger than my dad Mm -hmm. and so growing up they were almost just like a, a little older sisters yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and so you know you think it's cool and it's like oh I should drink tea and then I just forced myself and now I actually legitimately love tea and I have a huge tea collection and actually unfortunately when we moved most recently somebody stole the box with all of my tea How? collection in it we lose one or two boxes every time we move and oh. we used to move like every year
1: oh.
0: and so I've lost a lot of shit um but for some reason that was part of the box I got like,
1: stolen this time well isn't that what we called an acquired taste oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's like what that yeah
0: but like I want to know from like a brain like a neuroscience level like how do you acquire it? Like, I want to know like how many times do you have to do the taste before you genuinely acquire it? Like, where is that mm-hmm. line where you cross similar to the liking something ironically and then genuinely liking it? Where is that line of where you, comp- you start, you cross. It over? must
1: be something to do with survival instincts and like being comfortable with something. Why am I obsessed with that? I just feel like that makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Well, as humans, I mean, everything's about like surviving and having more,
1: and being right. familiar with something.
0: Yeah, so actually I wrote something about that down is that I said is it because when we like something ironically we end up becoming exposed to things about whatever the thing so I have two theories. Okay. is what we initially just talked about mm-hmm. which is that your brain just gets familiar and yeah. then you're like okay, I like this thing, it's safe, it's comforting, I actually like this thing. Um but Is it because when we like something ironically, we end up becoming exposed to things about whatever the thing is we like ironically that we actually do like. So like an example would be if you ironically like, I don't know, what's a band? Nickelback. If you ironically like Nickelback and then the more you, so you like just turn on their music as like a haha joke, joke, whatever. But then the more that you're listening to Nickelback, you find that there actually are some songs in it that you like, or you find that the community around Nickelback is like very welcoming and just like really great. And so then you kind of start like, Oh, I feel very welcomed and I like this community. And so Mm -hmm. there's like different, the more you ironically like something, you're almost opening yourself up to different aspects of it that you didn't know that existed. Because I do think at the end of the day, just like the way that humans work is you can probably If you spend enough time with anybody, you can probably find at least one thing that you have in common that you can latch on to and
1: like. And I think that
0: goes for people. I think that goes for
1: things. You posted this amazing video the other day uh, that Sarah Silverman said. Oh my gosh, yes. She was talking about like people just seek out love in whatever form that takes. And sometimes it's like fucked up. It's like love from somewhere that is not a good place to get love from. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what you're talking about, right? Like it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's one. Or is it the exposure effect, which is the familiarity thing? It's a psychological term where people develop a preference for things or people they're more familiar with. And that could go for, you know, what we're talking about, where it's a more conscious conscious thing, where you're pretending to like something and then you start actually liking it. But also I remember when I was in psych, um, what was used to teach that for me was that it's like, when you first leave your parents' house, um, and you go grocery shopping, you're probably going to subconsciously buy the same brands that your parents used to buy. Yeah. Because that's just what you're, you're used to what the can looks like or the label or the marketing, whatever it is, you're used to how that looks. And so you're going to continue to buy what looks familiar. Which I just think is so fascinating.
1: I feel like it's it's probably a variation of both of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. Because if I think about your specific example of Nickelback, which, of course, we all love. Why did everybody start loving Nickelback? Because there's, like, just, I don't know. Like, it's just something, like, wrong about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because, okay, my parents used to listen to Nickelback.
1: And, just, like, like In love. the car.
0: Like, love. No, you know my parents. They're not ironic. They're just they like, just, let's
1: put this on.
0: Yeah. And I would listen to it. I know all the songs to, like, their big songs that were played on the radio. I just feel no, like no, it's no, its no, just
1: like... No, stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's, like... It's just not... I don't know. I don't... I, I, I mean, it's
0: very, very, like, alt-rock in the sense of, like, parent rock, I feel.
1: Yeah, it's very apparent rock. It's just like, I don't know. It's who's this for?
0: (laughs) But I feel like at one point, is that like the Dave Matthews band? Are they also ironic? Are they in the same echelon as Nickelback?
1: I would say, I mean, I think less so. I feel like Nickelback is like really hated. Um, But were they hated or loved? I think that they were loved and then they were hated. Because I remember VH1 Top 20 Countdown the music video for "Rockstar" with all the celebrities, which honestly is like a fucked up song, but well, I, it's it's an ironic song. It's ironic all song tying yeah. this back. But I remember that being on, and I kind of liked it when I was like twelve. <laughs> That's why you don't want me to sing it, as it's like bringing up conflicting <laughs> memories for you. And I did karaoke a few years ago, and I sang "Rockstar," and. Everyone freaked out and knew all the lyrics and like, and I was, in, like, I was in like I was in hipster ass Portland, so like, you know, and everyone loved it. And then I caught myself wanting to listen to it after the fact. Was it comfortable? Did I enjoy it? Probably both.
0: <laughs> That's a good karaoke song. Do you, yeah. What's your go to karaoke
1: song? Um, well, I learned recently that. I am a little bit of a bragger in karaoke, which is kind of embarrassing in retrospect. Like I sing like like brag songs. Like
0: I'm the same way. Like total
1: eclipse of the heart. Wait,
0: that's my song. Shut the fuck Shut up. up.
1: No. Shut up. Well, no. cuz it's
0: like It's so fun to sing. Yeah, it's so fun. And it's just like so dramatic. Yeah. I feel like we've gone karaokeing before. Did we sing that together? Have we gone karaokeing before? Yeah, absolutely. We went once, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. For your birthday. For birthday. Yeah. We should go again when it reopens.
0: I don't know. Is karaoke safe now? Probably not.
1: Probably not. Because <laughs> it's like singing.
0: Yeah. But I'm saying like it's like if you're with your like if Alex and I went karaoke like he's in my house.
1: Just here. You guys I can get karaoke. a karaoke machine. <gasps> Do you know what? I'm getting a karaoke machine. Casey Musgraves on Instagram. Do you know Casey Musgraves?
0: I'm confused. Do people like her? Or is I, she am ironic?
1: I love her. She's the best. Um, she has she had this whole Instagram story of having a microphone that you could Bluetooth karaoke, and it was portable.
0: Wait, I totally gave that as my family's white elephant. Um,
1: That's a good gift. I'm actually thinking of getting it. It was like for twenty bucks. My thirty dollars, SO.
0: maybe. Wait, I'm actually looking up karaoke machines. <laughs> this is should we karaoke? That would actually be so fun. Do people, is there a podcast where people just karaoke? Probably
1: not. That's just like singing at people. (laughs) Well, is not like, there's like an app that's always advertised of like people singing into their headphones. Have you seen that? I think that's just TikTok. Oh, I'm not on TikTok.
0: You're not on TikTok, dude. It's a wild, wild place. Um, But okay. Anyways, karaoke machines. That's irony. Great. Great work. Thanks.
1: Well, okay, can I say my last thing about irony? You can
0: say whatever the heck you want, man.
1: So I think that something this might be a little heavy. Or I don't know. I
0: love heavy It's like a
1: cultural analysis. Okay. Um I just am curious that about like let me start over. (laughs) Start over. Okay. Let me relate something else to irony. So I was thinking about how much irony has taken over our culture and like the way we view and think about things. And I think it's actually really sad, obviously. It's really sad. It's like we don't have like we can't just like something anymore. And I feel like everyone feels this like heaviness because you have to process so much to understand what people are getting at all the time because everyone's being ironic all the time. Do you know what I mean?
0: Do you feel like everybody's being ironic all the time? Like what?
1: Maybe it's the type of people that I am around. It might be. I don't know. I just, I mean,
0: I do agree with you to a certain extent in terms of there's this whole thing right now, which again might just be the people like the, Part of social media that I'm on, yeah. But where it's like you can't, people don't just let people enjoy things, yeah. Like there's always a contrary or a critique.
1: um Well, the reason I deactivated on Instagram was like there's there's a lot of that on Instagram too. But another reason it was a lot of people that I followed, and granted, I like followed a lot of people that I used to know in San Francisco, like artsy people which sounds so, again, with the pretentiousness, but they now solely use Instagram to, like, make anti-content. And what I mean is, like, people will just, like, post them, like, eating, like, mac and cheese or, like, just, like, Do you know what I mean? It's like totally ironic. Like totally like I'm making fun of people posting on Instagram by posting on Instagram. And I was like, I have to get out of this. (laughs) Like, like I have to exit the matrix. Do you know what I mean? And it's exhausting. Like I think Instagram in general is exhausting. Yeah.
0: No, I totally know what you mean. Um, it's funny that you say that because I've been, I continually am trying to grapple with like how am I showing up on Instagram and like what am I doing here? Yeah. Because I feel like you can attest that that it is very contrary to my natural like ex- self-expression Yeah, is like posting a bunch of pictures of myself on Instagram that just like has yeah. been a very slow burn of trying to teach myself that it's very, very valuable for the career that I'm in.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I feel like Sometimes I mean I post a picture of me eating a sa- eating salad once and like no one looks cute eating a salad. It's just it's a bad picture.
1: Was it per- was like, it ironic?
0: It was ironic.
1: Like oh like
0: I yeah, see. I do that every once in a while. It makes me feel a little bit better about posting just like a ton of photos of myself. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I I agree. I think that a lot of irony is very exhausting. As makes sense. Our brains, yeah. they're working on overload or overtime or eggcorn. It's kind
1: of an in-podcast joke.
0: <laughs> Getting a little meta here. Um, but yeah, irony, I agree. I think the moral of the story for me is just let people enjoy things. Yeah. I try to do that too, but I don't know if this is just me not having social skills or what it is, but I've noticed that I do this thing where somebody will talk about this thing that they like, and then I want to relate or talk about it also, but then it's like, the way that I do that sometimes is by critiquing it. I do it to Alex a lot. And I always feel really bad because I notice afterwards. Cause he always looks very sad oh. because he'll be like, Oh, I loved that episode. And I'll be like, really? Oh, I thought it was like X, Y, Z. I just like, didn't really connect with it. And then he'll just be like, I'm like, fuck.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, you're you like just it. a really honest person. It's a, hey, but it's but an but issue. I'm the same way. And <laughs> an I issue. can't turn it off. Like, yeah. It's, it's sometimes I don't feel like fun to talk with me because I'm just like uh no yeah no I'm the same
0: way I'm the same way I so what I've been doing is trying to like buffer my mm-hmm. statements so like if he's like oh I really like that episode I'd be like oh I can totally see how you'd like that because you have horrible t-. just kidding I don't do that <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like oh I can totally see that like yeah I really enjoyed like the color of that guy's shoes in that one scene but you know what I think is really interesting <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to do it but it makes it feels a little bit better than just like completely shooting it down at first, yeah. but then I've also learned that sometimes you just you don't gotta say anything.
1: Be like, "That's great. I'm really happy for you." Happy right now. That's my bit about irony. I think about it a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah, I feel like I live in a very ironic world.
0: I think I do too. I think that it's probably because we, in like our formative years,
1: that was like we're hipsters. we embodied that. Thing. that. Yeah. Yeah. Or even younger, like Napoleon Dynamite. I was obsessed with Napoleon Dynamite. I Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. And honestly, it holds up. I watched it last year and I was like, this is an amazing movie. Like it's so Did good. the director
0: go on to make anything else?
1: Yeah, he made uh he made Nacho Libre, I think. Oh, I actually
0: did know that. And then yeah. they
1: made another one. Did he make Nacho Libre? I'm pretty sure. John. I, I
0: feel like he did.
1: Jared Hess, right?
0: Wait, no, he did that horrible movie, Masterminds.
1: What is that?
0: Exactly. I just remember seeing all the marketing for it and was like, this does not look like this is a good movie.
1: Oh, my God. I didn't even know this existed. The marketing was horrible. So to be honest
0: with you, I don't know. Maybe it was fine, but it... Wait, he's doing the new Shanghai Noon movie? What's that? Shanghai Noon? You never watched Shanghai Noon with Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson?
1: Shanghai Nights, you mean? Oh, it's the sequel.
0: Well, yeah, the Shanghai series. Yeah, because it's Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Night. It's a Night, Western,
1: so you do and... like Westerns. I'm just kidding. Oh,
0: I guess. I mean, I do. I love Shanghai series. I never really saw big... that. Oh, it's so fun. I am a really big Jackie Chan fan. We're going down a lot of tangents today, but I just need to say one more thing before you give your presentation. Okay. So, and th- th- I'm going to sound out of my mind. Okay. I still don't know if it was a... It it definitely happened in real life, but it felt, it was an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. I cannot explain it. Okay.
1: I'm, I'm going to sound
0: insane. Okay. So I was at Disneyland. I used to go to Disneyland a lot. I've had passes like my entire life. And I think this was still at a t- point where my, my parents had passes. Mm-hmm. So like we were there, I was there with my mom and my brother. And then like, I think a friend and her parent and yeah. her mom, and we were walking down main street at Disneyland and Jackie Chan is there. Whoa. He was filming a commercial. Oh. And so it was this whole thing where it was like, oh, Jackie Chan. And so we kind of just like walked by and I looked and I was like, oh, shit, it's Jackie Chan. Because, you know, I mean, he's not Filipino, but I feel like there are so few Asian, especially when we were growing up and younger, yeah. there were, were so few Asian people on TV that it was like, I still, I don't care where in Asia you are from. If you are Asian, like I am connected to you. And I'm like, yes, Aww. do your thing. So I loved Jackie Chan. Um, not to take away from how incredibly talented he is, yeah. uh, both in like comedy and acting and just in martial arts. Like the man is very talented, regardless of if he's Asian. Anyways, he's doing his commercial. And so we're walking down Main Street. And I'm like, Jackie Chan, what up? And then there was this girl in front of me who was eating cotton candy and now you know picture the texture of cotton candy you know how when you're like peeling it it off yeah and like when it's a small one it kind of like floats in the air so she picks off a piece of cotton candy and kind of flicks some because it's like stuck to her hand or whatever and when I'm walking it flies in my face and I decide I'm gonna eat it and then I got really really sick just like immediately at Disneyland like later on like my stomach just started hurting like really really bad and I just remember getting really sick and being like oh my gosh I think it was that girl's cotton candy that I (laughs) ate out of the air (laughs) and like I have nothing else to say but it's this extremely (laughs) vivid memory like so extremely vivid it makes
1: no sense do you think she did that on purpose like she was poisoning you yeah
0: Oh my that's God. That's the thing. That's why I feel so like, just like not. You don't
1: come back real, from that.
0: Is because I feel like it's like, first, why did you flick that into my face? Second, am I making it up? Did I actually eat this woman's cotton candy from the air? Why did I do that? And why is Jackie Chan here?
1: It sounds like a dream. But it wasn't. I swear, was it? That's what happens at Disneyland. You're I like, where swear, does the dream end?
0: I swear it wasn't though. But that's where, why I feel so just like confused. It's because I'm like, it's been so long that I'm like, was it a dream because it's just such a weird thing and I have very vivid dreams, but I, it wasn't a dream because I a hundred percent saw Jackie Chan at Disneyland shooting a commercial. And there was a woman who was eating cotton candy. It floated in the air and then I ate it
1: and got sick. And that was a wild ride. Um, we'll have to check out that movie. (laughs) Um, okay. Uh, on that note, On that note. I actually, okay, that's actually is a similar note to how I remembered this Mm. thing. So I was laying in bed earlier. (laughs) Okay. I love bed. And I was thinking about this podcast and I was like, what is something that I've always just held on to as like a factoid Mm -hmm. that has stuck with me, but there's no reason why it should. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And what I remember, I one came to mind immediately, and it was this. Well, it's going to be this. It's similar. Is I was in art history class in college, and I remember my professor talking about some sort of prehistoric art that the artisan behind it mm-hmm. was, it was like this weird looking thing. And the teacher was like, Do you know what that is? It's actually them imagining eye floaters. You know, eye floaters.
0: Okay, explain to me. It's when there's.
1: It's like when you are like like looking at something and you see like a little thing go past you, and if you like like look,
0: or is it like a?
1: It's like a little dust. It looks like a little like my eye floaters are like those little. They look like little like cells like little long so
0: like a sperm
1: yeah a sperm have you ever seen that in your eye no you've never you've seen an eye floater
0: i have not seen sperm floating around in my eye
1: okay that's not sperm you were the one that said sperm oh <laughs> it's like a little I'm like molecule and if you well, like no. look at something like look at look up at the ceiling for okay. like a second and one will go past your eye probably maybe it's a thing no, it is a thing because I looked it up and it's a thing. I'm not seeing it. Does everybody... Or like close your eyes and like you'll see them? I just see darkness. Okay. Well, well, this might not be interesting to you.
0: Well, no, this is interesting because I don't know this experience.
1: Eye floaters are like basically like little things. It's because your eye is round and it'll be like little like... So they're just like little spots that appear in your eye and float around. And it's like from different i don't know some optometrist is probably screaming at me right now <laughs> but it or they're like please go to an optometrist you shouldn't be seeing that but i've seen it my i whole, need to
0: go to an optometrist i actually I need to went figure, recently. figure out my interpupillary uh distance oh really yeah i want to get one of the new do you know what an oculus is mm-hmm. the vr helmet yeah um apparently the second what is it rift oculus 2s they're hard to adjust the inner pupillary distance and so you should check yours first and cross-reference with what works with the helmet because it's not as flexible as it has been in the past um but anyways so
1: floaters i don't i just Um, don't
0: understand
1: Okay, well, it's not specific. So floaters are a thing, but it's also so I I just remembered her saying this in class that because I have had that my whole life, and I honestly thought it was just a me thing. Is it a line like is little it like, lines? So it is lines. I don't
0: have lines.
1: They're like little lines. I'm sure you have this experience, but I remember. The f- when she said that in class, I was like, oh, my God, that's a thing people see. I didn't even know that to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then to think that it was like prehistoric people were imagining that through art was like so interesting to me. But I didn't remember it like spe- I didn't remember the specifics of it. So I looked it up and it's it's a thing. Mm-hmm. She was not lying. And my that's memory good was good that correct. your
0: professor wasn't lying
1: or that I remembered that at all. Um, but it's called Entopic Phenomena. Uh huh. and it's like an archaeological term and basically it's visual experiences from within your eye or your brain and that's as opposed to normal vision so it's like things that you're seeing that isn't like like in front of you so it's like could even be like hallucinations right that's like one th- that's okay. like a version of it got it but so you
0: hallucinate sperm
1: yes <laughs> what does that say about me <laughs> um No, but it's... So it also is... You know when you rub your eye and you see televisions? Yes. (laughs) I do. That happens to me. So that's that's this too. Okay. So basically, what's really interesting about it is that this is the first appearance of abstract form in art. Wow. And it's people imagining that experience about when... Do you think they were all
0: sitting there like rubbing their eyes while they were closed? Let me tell you.
1: So these... Little history: These appeared in cave paintings in Western Europe during the Upper Paleolithic, Paleolithic era, which is forty five hundred, forty five thousand, and between 45,000 Why are numbers hard? Twenty thousand years ago, so like a long ass time ago. Uh huh. That's BC. What this era is called, which I think is really interesting, is called the transition, and it's when distinct cultures came about. Which doesn't make sense that like abstract forms, like we start to understand things more abstractly.
0: Yeah, no, um, that makes sense. So this reminds me of when I was, we were in our prime. Well, no, I think you're always in your prime. It's a true. prime is a state of mind. Put that on a t-shirt. Don't put that on. We'll wear it ironically. Um, prime
1: and it's like Amazon Prime. No. Prime is a frame of, oh my God. it's no. so good.
0: Um, so Tumblr, I remember I was reading about, I've always been very ha- fascinated with hallucinating mm-hmm. and hallucinations. And I was reading about how you're supposed to like cut a ping pong ball in half and then tape it over your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> for what? To hallucinate. <laughs> so you're supposed, you're supposed, don't try this at home. We're not responsible for you. Oh if you end God. up trying this and something goes terribly wrong. Um, so you're supposed <laughs> to cut a ping pong ball in half tape it over your eyes and then take a red light and shine it at your face for like 30 minutes and then you'll start hallucinating and it's supposed to like it like tricks your brain i guess i mean that makes sense and it like will make you hallucinate similar to if you're on like a hallucinogen
1: were you the one that told me that someone that someone taped your eyes when you were asleep and you woke up and you thought you were blind <laughs> no. That was that someone that we terrible. know. I think it was That's Garrett. So mean.
0: Somebody would totally do that to Garrett. Yeah. That is the most on-brand. So our friend Garrett from high school is the most kind, just like wholesome person. Yeah. And when we were in high school, they tricked him into TPing his own house. Yeah. Um, TPing being, you know, you would go to people's homes and just throw a bunch of toilet paper on it. And basically what his friends did was they told him, we're going to go TP this house and put him in the... Blindfolded. We're going to go
1: TB blindfolded. We're all going to do it. Like it's funny because
0: like we can't see what we're doing and we're throwing toilet paper around everywhere. So they all got in the car blindfolded except for obviously the driver and then the driver just drove in circles for a little bit and then stopped and they got back to garrett's house and then got out and garrett tp'd his own house yeah so that's just to give some context it makes sense that somebody would tape Tape his his eyes i'm pretty sure that was him
1: but that makes sense i mean about the visual because i think that's what this is talking about Mm -hmm. so anyways we're in forty five thousand bc Okay. And it's the start of cultures developing and people creating art. And there's no like exact reason why people created these type art at all or mm-hmm. like these things, but a lot of archaeologists I guess I I'm not an expert, but they think that it is be- it's that why people created that was actually evidence of um, altered states of consciousness which is hallucinating so these could either be achieved by hallucinating
0: tr- could be achieved or the art
1: um the art was a product of people Got hallucinating it. okay. it's like them so, sorry to interrupt you i just wanted. No, to make it's okay sure so it's like they were hallucinating and they're seeing their entopic phenomena they're seeing their floaters they're seeing the little tvs right and they're painting it as they're seeing it. What are they painting with? Uh like dot, like dyes. You know how they used to do the cave paintings? I wasn't alive. They'd like then, crush so up berries and shit. Sorry, I'm so rude. I'm being such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um it's actually really cool like there are pictures of this is cool. What would somebody look up if they wanted to look at it? And topic phenomena. So look they made like a little guide Of like the different symbols, do you see these? Like these were what the floaties look like. Is that my floaties? Don't I don't think I have floaties because none of mine look like that. Apparently, based on WebMD, I should go to (laughs) an (laughs) optometrist. But on that note, anyways, so they were achieved through uh, drugs. Mm -hmm. Like that actually was one topic that I was gonna talk about at a different time, but I haven't. Which is drugs which no is the stoned ape theory which is that um like our prime primal ancestors ate hallucinogenic mushrooms and that's how consciousness started that's this guy's theory about how we Ooh, created wait, please human do consciousness that some week i okay. would be really interested forget that i said that um forgotten or like you you can create you can get into a hallucinogenic state by um, repetitive sounds and movement um like br- and even breathing techniques and um or tr- oh yeah dreams and um illness because
0: i feel like i yeah that makes sense to me because i feel like there's been points where like have you ever been really sick and had like a high temperature and then you kind of start fever dreams yeah fever dream. uh,
1: so i used to get them so bad as a kid it was crazy
0: and even i feel like um what was some of the other things that induce hallucination Oh, breathing techniques. It's like, I don't know if you meditate, but like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be in a meditation session and you like yeah. transcend, like it's like, what is happening? yeah. And then yeah. when you come back, you're kind of just like, whoa. whoa. Yeah. yeah. And
1: so they think that um, the paintings are like a sensory action to like the darkness in the cave. And so it's like people oh, fascinating. like um, painting.
0: Yeah. I mean, experiences that makes sense because pitch black is maddening
1: i know it's fucking scary yeah it's like not scary it's just like you're i experienced this because i was just out in the desert and we were sitting outside and it was literally silent and it hurt my ears
0: yeah that that kind of yeah stuff is wild i remember we were snowboarding and we were stuck in a whiteout which is where it's snowing and it's windy and you can't tell and everything is white and you yeah. just, you can't tell if you're moving, you can't tell if other things are moving. Like it, honestly, we probably shouldn't have been on the the mountain at that point. <laughs> um, I think once that happened, we're like, Oh shit, we need to get down. But, um, yeah. So I, I totally,
1: yeah. Do you know, um, do you know the painter Rothko Mm-mm. the like famous abstract you like at Mocha, they have them. They're like the giant abstract paintings that are like dark, let me show you. You know what I'm talking about.
0: I'm sure I do. I'm very cultured. These. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So, what's really interesting about his paintings is that they are supposed to like induce that if you that and that's why there's always a bench in front of them. I learned this in art school. <laughs> that it the bench is there so you sit it you sit on the bench and you stare at the painting for like a pretty long time and you start to hallucinate it's like sensory hallucination
0: so that's so interesting i thought the benches were just there because okay because you're tired well i so i'm somebody who i think that a skill not skill but like something that i see as like a a positive or a strength is that like i am just like very i don't want to say vulnerable but like I pick up on people's energies and I like absorb everything around me. But it leads to me becoming very overwhelmed at times or just like very exhausted. And I love museums, but I get such bad sensory overload. I thought the benches were there because it was really common. And it was so that you could sit down if you're having a sensory overload. I think that's
1: probably true. That's what the. I mean. That's not that's not the only reason why benches are there. But that's usually why they place a bench in front of a Rothko painting that's so fascinating wait
0: do you get sensory overload at museums
1: oh i definitely do and i have to sit down
0: yeah i have to sit down i get like really like i feel like i'm like dying
1: yeah no i feel you
0: oh that makes me feel so much better i thought i was just like
1: a faker no i get like exhausted after going to museum it's just like oh it's so much to comprehend yeah um But that is entropic phenomena. Entropic phenomena. Which really just shows you that nothing changes. And we're all just like, there's like three things we're dealing with, which is like light, dark, and like cold, hot. (laughs) And it's like, we're all just dealing with that all the time. All the time. Yeah. Everything's like just reduced to that.
0: Yeah. It's just like, there's auxiliary things that change as the years go on. But really everything is so cyclic. Yeah. Which is like, comforting and scary at the same time yeah because i feel like it's comforting in that even in such an uncertain time like this that is unprecedented to a certain extent you know there have been multiple points throughout history that there's been horrible there's been multiple points throughout history that there's been horrible pandemics and like it ended eventually yeah um and i think that there's some amount of comfort knowing that or even just like the political turmoil and this um What is it? I feel like everything is so separate and just like there's a lot of tension and all of this that that has happened at every at some point that is not new. Um, And then there is kind of a certain cycle that takes over and where it becomes scary is that it's like we keep falling back into these circles yeah that are that's why it's important to learn history that. it is and i say that as somebody who took all of my high school history classes online and did not retain no. an ounce of information
1: history is a weird um, i
0: i really i'm interested in history yeah i just didn't it was one of those things where like i needed to clear out my schedule for <laughs> sports <laughs> so you're like so i was that's like bye what well, was that in um my foreign language i took both of those because it was like Outside of that, there was math, science, and English, which I don't think you were allowed to take
1: online. Well, I just didn't take science sometimes. You didn't take science? I went to art school. I didn't take science my what? senior year. You didn't have to take it all four years because I knew I didn't want to go to, uh, like, a university.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I went, I did four years of It's science. so funny.
1: I did, like, all the smart people classes in, like, history in english and then the rest i was like yeah i'm good oh yeah i said I... no we were in chemistry together yeah, in the we smart in people class, class that was a horrible class <laughs> really yeah he was a terrible teacher we won't name him
0: i can't even remember he was a
1: terrible teacher because chemistry I just remember there was a
0: guy i liked in that class
1: i'm trying to think back you're not gonna
0: remember okay. who it is i just remember I think miles was in that class. Yeah, he was. And he was my lab partner. And then sometimes the guy I liked would like triple up with us. And I was always really excited about it.
1: Oh, I know who it is. I think, um, Let me just talk to the educators out there who's ever listening. If you're teaching chemistry, no one has learned that up until that point. Like it is a completely new subject. I was so pissed when we were in that class because I was like, I've never seen a chemical equation before in my life. This is the first time I'm learning it. And this teacher would come in. He would stroll into the classroom, write an equation on the board and be like, why is it that way? Do you remember that? And I was like, that is the most annoying way to teach this of all time. Like, I don't know what any of that means. And I had to like get a tutor to teach me what he didn't teach me.
0: I do agree with you. I think that there were a lot of when you're in high school, probably because everybody's coming from such different places, like different schools funneling into this one school. Um, Because I remember Spanish was the same way for me where it was like, They just assumed that I knew what conjugating was and how to conjugate like off of the bat first like intro to Spanish. And I did not. I did not know that. But I do remember that class. I think that's just like maybe his style because I remember the very first day of class. He was like, what is good?
1: No, he said, what is matter? And he was like, what is not matter? And I remember this because I was like, that girl is so smart because it was before I knew you. This is such a memory I have. He says, what is not matter? And you said thoughts. And I was like, that is the smartest thing I've ever heard. Oh, my
0: gosh. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) That's so funny because I remember you answering his question of what is good. What did I say? I don't remember, but he liked your answer. And I was like, this bitch knows what she's talking oh my God, about. That's funny. Yeah. Cause I remember it was like, he was talking about like truly like what is good and how most of goodness is like, so based on context of culture, but that there's like a definitive answer of like, what is good? It was, I don't really remember, but I just remember my brain, my brain's starting to hurt as I'm talking about it. <laughs> um wait that's so funny the matter thing but so yeah he, you know he'd start it seems like he started all those classes like that
1: i don't like thinking that or like i don't like getting to knowledge that way i don't know it's not helpful for me
0: i like thinking about stuff like that in a non-educational setting if that makes sense because i feel like in those moments, everything feels so charged because it's like, oh my gosh, like if this is how you're expecting me to learn to take a test and then I'm going to do bad on the test, that's one thing. But like, I'm happy to sit down with you and be like, what is matter?
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy in, a, in like a, if, if I'm not like trying to seek out knowledge, I just feel like it's a little bit of an arrogant way to teach IMO because it's like I hold the answer and you're just guessing around it yeah. I think that there were a
0: few teachers that maybe were not they were fine human beings and even great human beings, but they just, like did not teach in a way that connected with the way that I learn in
1: any Same. capacity. yeah.
0: And I remember some of those subjects, I don't know if you had subjects like this. There were some subjects. Physics for me is is my vice. But it sucks because I think physics is so interesting and actually like very beautiful that it's like um basically just like using math. In principle, to explain like the phenomena of like being alive on a spinning rock, yeah, like I think that that's just like incredible and yeah. so interesting. But I am horrible. I, I'm so bad at physics, and like I remember I was in like honors physics, and the professor was the smartest person or the teacher was the smartest man I think I've ever met outside of my organic chemistry professors in college,
1: Mister Lapointe,
0: Mister Lapointe. And he just, I did not understand a word that that man said. And then I had like three different physics tutors as well as being in a study group. And I just like worked my ass off to try and understand this thing. And no matter how hard I worked, it just, I just couldn't comprehend. It was so weird. Yeah. I mean, I like did fine. I think I got like a
1: B in the class, but it was like. Do you think that's, is that the type of knowledge? Or do you think that there's truly things that we like, certain people can comprehend and others can. I've always wondered that because in high school, I was just like, I'm bad at math. And so then I like, didn't like I think pursue math.
0: Few things. I think that it's like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you think you're bad at math, then you're probably less likely to sit down and like do your homework That's in true. like a state, like a frame of mind where you're ready to accept that knowledge. Um, and I definitely believe very heavily in like self-talk and like, if you think that you're bad at math, you're probably going to be bad at math to use that's that true. example. Um, but I also think I remember my physics, the physics teacher talking about how he had a son or has a son and that he very purposely is teaching him how to think as a physicist would because physicists look at the world so differently
1: Interesting. in a way
0: that's very like my brother is, um, he's so good at physics and I mean, he went on to major in and graduate in engineering, and it's because like the way that he understands things and looks at things like correlates very heavily with like how physics breaks down the world. Yeah. And I don't think I naturally think that way, and I so I think it's like training your brain to do that yeah. because it's similar to OChem, where organic chemistry, where it's like just a different way of looking at things that's like pretty for atypical from, like, the average person learning how to digest information. Yeah. But that's another one. I loved organic chemistry, and God was I horrible at it. We had to syndicate lidocaine. What does that even mean? It means you make a chemical out of other chemicals. And cool. lidocaine is... Um, at least I think it was lidocaine. Lidocaine, I think, is, like, it's, like, a numbing agent. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: And I just remember it was, like, a four-week lab, and I oh my gosh, I had so much anxiety the whole time because it was like one week you would make one part. And so if you messed that part up, you would need it the next week. And then you'd have a messed up thing to do the next week. And I remember I like turned and like dropped it or something. I like lost my product. The whole thing, I'm not going to try and explain why this was the most stressful thing ever. But basically it was the worst I've ever done in a class in college and the hardest that I ever tried at anything. And it was just but I loved, it was so interesting. I loved it so much. So I don't know.
1: Okay. baby. Well, I never took science in college, so I, if I could go back though, that's the thing that I mean, it's like, I wish that I didn't have that mindset and I could have taken physics. Do you know what I mean? It's like, because who knows? Like maybe I could have really understood it and you should go audit a physics class.
0: I probably won't, but I mean you're in school now. You can totally just like ask.
1: <laughs> they would not let me.
0: Yeah, they would. I don't think well. They totally would. I like straight up would sit a, sit in on like cinema classes. Really? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if I was allowed to, but nobody well, said anything. I'm kinda to me. tired. <laughs> That's fair. That is very fair. Um I was gonna say one more thing. I can't remember now. We were talking about college. Oh, if you could go back and major in anything in college what would it be but don't pick something that's like a cousin to what you're doing now which can i say you're getting your master's yeah yeah she's getting your master's in directing so don't say you're going to go to school to like major in production or something (laughs) that's too that's too similar um
1: i mean i think i would study history or that makes sense yeah i would study history i think i would study russian history I love Russian history. It is so interesting. It's, what what give me like an interesting Russian history fact? There's so many. Well, Russia is such an interesting country because it is like semi-European but also semi-Eastern mm-hmm. because it like encompasses so it's huge. So much. Um I mean the fucked up about part about Russia is that it was feudal like way later than rest the rest of Western Europe. So, like Western Europe, like abolished like the feudal system in like what, like the Renaissance, 1500s, whatever. And Russia had like serfs, which is like not great <laughs> up until like the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, but, and then that led to why like communism happened because that went on for so long that the proletariat, as Marx called them, like, rose up because they were oppressed for so fucking long. And, like, the wealth gap in Russia was so bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So huh, interesting.
0: I don't know very much about Russia. It's so interesting. I mean,
1: I also, like, love Russian literature. They, like, know what they're talking about. They, like, really tap in on something huh. that is, like, totally unique, but so... Like, when I read... This is sounds so pretentious, but when I read, like, Tolstoy... I'm like, he is talking about right now. Like every character he's talking about is a person I know. Highly recommend. You'll have to recommend. 10. 10. Okay. What's like
0: a book that you recommend by him?
1: They're really long, but... <laughs> uh, I mean, Anna Karenina is oh. amazing. Or War and Peace. War and Peace is my favorite We were just talking about
0: War, War and That's Peace. Why I have
1: this tattoo of War and Peace.
0: War and Peace. Eggnog. What's it called? Eggcorn. Eggcorn. <laughs> Warren and in peace. Warren and peace. Warm peace. Okay. Well, clearly we're getting a little delusional. Um, so thank you so much <laughs> for listening. You, thank you. Oh, also I'm going to give Katie a little, Kate a little clap for, thank you for presenting. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode. You can find me, Sydney Goodman, on every platform at Good. It's me.
1: And this is Kate. <laughs> See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.